As we come to the Word this morning, I invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Here at North Holland, we've been going through the gospel lectionary texts, following different episodes of Jesus' life and ministry. And now here this morning, we come to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. If you're looking for the uh, book of John in your Bibles, um, John is the fourth gospel, which makes the fourth book in the New Testament. So you have to go through the minor prophets. The last few ones are Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, some of those that we don't see quite as much of. And then you get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the Gospel of John. This is Jesus' appearance in the Gospel of John, his first appearance after his death, after his crucifixion, and after his burial. And so this morning, as we celebrate Easter, we'll come to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. But before we do, let's pray together our prayer for illumination. Join me in these words. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Like Mary, we have seen and known the goodness of the Lord. God, we stand in awe of you. For a grace we do not deserve. For a love beyond compare. We worship and adore your glorious name. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, 
which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord, says Mary to the disciples. In keeping with the rest of the Gospel of John, this is a simple statement. It's not a complicated sentence. It's not a a strong argument or a proof or a detailed explanation of anything. It is simply a witness and testimony to what Mary knows. I have seen the Lord. It's a simple statement, loaded with depth underneath it and implications on what it means, but the statement itself is plain and simple. Mary is simply testifying by saying what she knows. I have seen the Lord. Mary has seen the Lord many times. Mary and Martha and many disciples have walked alongside of Jesus. They've they've been the other characters in the gospel story along the way. Mary has seen the Lord many times. Mary has seen Jesus turn water into wine. And Mary has also seen Jesus pierced by a spear where water and blood flowed from his side. Mary has seen Jesus heal people on the Sabbath, even knowing that it would get the Pharisees up in arms. Mary has seen Jesus do this without any worry, but doing it because it is good and right. Mary has seen Jesus go toe-to-toe with the Pharisees and Sadducees and not back down. Mary has seen Jesus teach on the law. Mary has seen Jesus in all of his authority. Mary has seen Jesus bringing about healing and peace and forgiveness and grace. I have seen the Lord, says Mary. But Mary has also seen Jesus as the suffering servant. When Mary says, I have seen the Lord, that also includes Jesus being betrayed by one of his own. That includes Jesus being arrested in the the secrecy of night. Mary has seen Jesus beaten and stripped and flogged. Mary has seen Jesus carry his cross as far as he can until he can carry it no longer. And Mary had seen Jesus up upon the cross, left there to die. Mary has seen the Lord. But now on Easter morning, Mary says again, I have seen the Lord. But it's fundamentally different different from anything that she's ever seen up to this point. We need to consider the levels of reality in place to make Mary's statement true. 
For one, the stone was rolled away. As Mary goes to the tomb, you've probably heard it before, she might have wondered how would she even get to the body to anoint it. But the stone has been rolled away for one. It'd be like pulling up to a place and not just having a garage door open, but completely gone. Maybe some of you experienced that this morning as you came here. The stone has been rolled away. It has been removed. But if it were only that the stone had been rolled away, when Mary says, I have seen the Lord, she would simply be saying, I have seen the Lord's body. But Jesus who had conquered death, who had conquered the grave, who had risen from the dead, spoke to Mary and called her by name. Jesus had risen again. So when Mary goes back with that proclamation, I have seen the Lord, it's the game changer. It's the fundamental changing point of all of human history. For us to consider as Christians, there would be no Christianity, there would be no Christian church, if it were not for Easter. Without Easter, without the resurrection, without seeing the risen Lord after he had died, there would be no resurrection to put our hope and faith and trust into. Mary's simple statement, I have seen the Lord. I have seen him alive and speaking. I have seen the Lord means that everything is different, everything has changed, and nothing will ever be the same. She has seen the Lord. The disciples who entered into a friendly foot race have seen the tomb. They've seen the linens. And they do not yet understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead, though the disciple Jesus loved saw and believed, even despite the things he does not understand and know. They've seen the empty tomb. But that's only proof that the body is missing. It is not yet proof that Jesus had risen again. It was Mary who saw the Lord. It is Mary's testimony, the first witness of the resurrection, which proclaims, I have seen the Lord. And so nothing will ever be the same. The Gospel of John is full of those kinds of statements that are simple. And yet they have profound meaning and effect and depth, and they go beyond just one day. I have up here with me two plates. One of them is from our more fancy uh, china set. I don't know if these are even dishwasher safe, although I'm sure I'll find out someday by accident, and then we'll know for sure. But these are our fancy plates. We use these on special occasions, like Easter, sure. Easter deserves the fullest, the best. We bring out the best. Uh, To use a term I think that comes from the organ, we pull out all the stops on Easter Sunday. Is that correct, Terry? Okay, good. We pull out all the stops. We bring out our best. We bring our finest dishes. Maybe we dress up just a little bit more. Some of you might not recognize me. I'm still Stephen DeVries. I'm just wearing a suit. And I grew a beard, too. And the beard, yeah, thanks, Hank. But we bring out the best for Easter. But then what about the rest of the year? Lent is 40 days. That leaves 325 other days in the year. 
Holy Week is one week. That leaves 51 other weeks in the year. And Easter is one day. That leaves 364 other days. My friends, Easter does deserve our finest and our best. But one of the things I love about the Gospel of John is the statements in John, they're simple everyday plates. Because what do you eat on the rest of the year? This is the type of plate we eat frozen pizza off of on Sunday nights or pig in the blankets. This is the, this is the everyday, normal, average plate. This is the plate we use the rest of the year. When we think about Mary's statement, I have seen the Lord, it is a profound statement. It is an Easter statement. It is one of the finest and the best. It's right up there with the center point of the Gospel of John, which is Martha's confession, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God who is sent into the world. But to say I have seen the Lord is also just a simple statement. It's a plate that you can eat off of every day. Because our faith is not limited to one day. It includes the rest of the year as well. So for Mary to say, I have seen the Lord, I have seen him risen, I have seen him in his resurrected self, and I will see him in his ascended glory, is not just for one day, but it is for every day that she lives. To celebrate Easter is one day where we get to say, I have seen the Lord. I have that vision of Jesus rising again from the grave. I have seen the Lord. But we also get to celebrate that every other day of the year, that we live in the post-resurrection time that Jesus has risen. And so that we get to look for Jesus every other day. To say, I have seen the Lord is true on Easter. And it should also be true every other day when we're looking for where do we see God at work? Where do we see the Lord at work in our lives, in our churches, in our communities, and in our world? I have seen the Lord is one of the finest and fanciest and best statements. But it is also one to take with you every single day, every meal, every plain and ordinary day of Go to work, back to work, to look for ways in which we can join Mary in saying, I have seen the Lord. I have to admit to you, when I was a kid, I had some maybe uh, theological misunderstandings. Uh, for one, this one plagued me for quite some time. Somehow I got it in my head when I was young that you were only forgiven of your sins once a year on Easter. Now, you can imagine that as a child, I am aware that we are sinful by nature. Therefore, I'm going to sin sometimes even when I'm not aware of it. Other times, I'm very aware of it. And I had in my head that we were only forgiven of our sins one day a year. And that actually terrified me because what it left me wondering was, what if I die on a day other than Easter? Like, what happens to all those other sins that were committed since the last Easter? Can you at least understand my fear and trepidation in this? I thought there was just this long list of sins that accumulated and that I carried those with me. And then on Easter, they were forgiven and I got to start over for the next year. Now, that's a very scary way to live. And that's why week in, week out, we do confession and assurance here at North Holland because it's not just a once-a-year thing. It was actually my sisters who had to explain to me 
uh, we, we get what you mean, Stephen. And yeah, we do celebrate the forgiveness of sins on Easter, the resurrection of Christ. But, but Jesus' death is for every day, not just Easter. Jesus' resurrection is for your whole life, not just one day of the year. This put my five-year-old self much at ease to know that Jesus' forgiveness was for my entire life, not just one day out of the year. That there was only one historic Easter, one day where Jesus rose again that we hear of in John chapter 20. There is one Easter, but every Easter after that, we look back and we remember that Jesus Christ rose again. That that simple statement, I have seen the Lord, was profound and beautiful on that first Easter morning, and it is profound and beautiful on this Easter Sunday, but it is a question and a statement to take into every day of our lives. Where do you see the Lord at work? Jesus gives Mary this encounter, and I'm sure it is a gift And it is by all intentions meaningful that it is Mary who is the first one to proclaim the resurrection. Not someone like Peter, who we would think of as profound and thoughtful. Not someone with high standing or authority. But it is simply Mary saying, I have seen the Lord. I wonder if sometimes we get intimidated to share our faith because we only know so much. And there's things that we maybe can't explain. Or maybe we're like Peter and the other disciple who we believe, but maybe we still don't understand everything. And so we maybe get a little bit stuck. I remember a camp counselor who told us all that what you need to do is at least testify to what you have seen, to what you know. Testify to the ways in which you have seen God at work. And sure, You don't have all the answers. You don't know everything about it. But you, like Mary, like Martha, like the disciples, even with the simplest of statements that you do know and what you have seen, can say where you have seen the Lord. Mary doesn't come back with a treatise or some fancy essay. She simply tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. This is the beginning of the next phase of Jesus' ministry, except he'll send the Holy Spirit in the church we've planted. But this book ends once again the Gospel of John, which started with people not knowing exactly who Jesus was, but simply saying, come and see. When people ask, can this actually be the Messiah? Are you sure? And the disciples simply saying, come and see. You have to see for yourself. My friends, on this Easter Sunday, we are reminded simply that we get to testify that we have seen the risen Lord and that we can testify to what we have seen and that our simple invitation to others is, come and see. Is this all true? Is it real? Will it change your life? Come and see. Come and see. And Jesus, in that moment, will encounter you on Jesus' own terms. We noticed as a staff that this encounter becomes more intimate over time because Jesus asked her simply, Woman, why are you crying? And she says, Sir, in response. 
Because Jesus has not revealed himself yet and Mary doesn't recognize him yet. But it's not until Jesus calls her by name Mary that she realizes it's Jesus and he's no longer sir. He's no longer a fancy title. He is teacher. The teacher that she walked alongside of. The teacher that she spent time with every day. The teacher that she would sit at the feet of every opportunity she could get. Are we like Mary That when Jesus calls our name, when he calls us by our name, that we cry out, teacher, this is the one that we love. Jesus has to tell Mary, don't hold on to me. Because I can only imagine Mary running up to Jesus and giving him a hug out of her joy and exuberance that he is risen. And that he is risen indeed. Jesus calls Mary by name and reveals himself to her. And she responds, And then she simply goes back to say, I have seen the Lord. Sometimes our songs teach us the best of what we know. There's another hymn, uh, one that we, we don't have room for all of them this morning, although we'll finish with a flourish after this. But there's another hymn. Some of you might know this tune. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever they may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives and he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Each one of these lines from each stanza are pulled from a different piece of scripture. Like just the time I need him, he's always near, is pulled from that promise in the Great Commission, I will never leave you or forsake you, but I am with you always. When we walk and talk with Jesus each day by reading his word, by spending time in prayer, by spending time with our teacher, the one whom we love, the one whom we have seen, we know that Jesus lives. And the proof, the proof that we offer, the burden of proof is not on us as much as the invitation is. To take a cue from Mary and simply say, I have seen the Lord. To take a cue from the disciples and say, come and see. Come and see for yourself if this is the Christ who is risen. Come and see. So how do we see the Lord at work every day? We can't race to the empty tomb like they could on that first Easter Sunday. But we can pay attention. Watching and reading the Gospels gives us a sense of what Jesus' ministry was all about, and we can see those same things at work still today. One of the best life lessons that I learned was actually my first job off the farm, working in the local hardware store. And I thought as a a young person that maybe I was the only one there who believed the things that I believed, or maybe I was the only one who, who cared so much about God. But I was proven wrong by Wayman Krim. Wayman was the paint guy. And he had been a painter for many years, and then he worked in the paint department at the hardware store. And Wayman is what you would call just your average Joe. 
much like the disciples and Mary and Martha, were just average people. And I asked Wayman once, as I found out that not only was he a Christian, but he found it to be his mission to be the presence of Christ in the local hardware store and how he treated people and how he cared about them and how he tried to not just remember the products that they had or that the paint that they wanted, but that he tried to simply remember something about them, to care for them. And I remember talking to Wayman once about the meaning of all of what could he do. And even on the days where he didn't work with people, when he was still a painter, it was his simple realization that it wasn't just going out and making a career out of ministry and professing Christ, but it was the everyday. That Wayman said one week he was assigned to paint a building and that he would not see another soul that whole week. And in that large house, as he painted along here his way, without anyone to talk to, he simply gave thanks to God for the use of his hands, that he could make these walls more beautiful. And he gave thanks to God even in that. It was time for prayer. It was time for all kinds of other good things. And Wayman is not someone who you would refer to as articulate. He was not an educated man, but he had profound faith and witness. And all that he could say and do was tell you about the Savior who was risen that he knew full well. Wayman's witness was to say, I have seen the Lord at work here. I have seen God at work there. I have joined God's work in this way. Won't you come and see that Jesus Christ has risen and is living even today? You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. How do we see the Lord at work? What are the plain and simple signposts of Christ at work in the world that we too can say, I have seen the Lord, that we can testify? When the destitute are given hope, I have seen the Lord. When hungry children are fed, I have seen the Lord. When those in poverty are given shoes, I have seen the Lord. When those who mourn are comforted, I have seen the Lord. When the sick are cared for, I have seen the Lord. When the rights of the poor are protected, I have seen the Lord. When victims are free from the power of their abusers, I have seen the Lord. Where hatred and violence are overcome by peace and shalom, I have seen the Lord. When justice for all people is made reality, I have seen the Lord. Where grace and truth abound, I have seen the Lord. Where healing happens against all expectations, I have seen the Lord. And even when it doesn't, when death claims the end of a struggle, but when death has no sting, I have seen the Lord. When we tell the world that Christ has risen, I have seen the Lord. When we are so bold and simple on our plain plates in simple words to say, I have seen the Lord, then we have seen the Lord at work. My friends, today we get to celebrate seeing the Lord resurrected. And we'll do so in a way that's very familiar to us. With physical signs made manifest that in this supper, month after month, even day after day, we can say, I have seen the Lord because I am reminded of his body 
that was broken for us upon the cross. And I'm reminded in the cup of his blood that was shed for us. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord when I hear words of compassion and invitation. I have seen the Lord in baptism when those are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. I have seen the Lord when six people come forward and say, I believe that it is true what was said at my baptism, that this is true for me. I have seen the Lord in all of these ways. My friends, we have seen the Lord because we remember this Easter, the first Easter, that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. We remember that Jesus Christ was sent into the world to reveal the fullness of God to all of us and for that word to be spread and passed along to everyone who will listen. We remember that Jesus Christ died upon the cross for our sins. We remember that he was truly dead and laid in the grave. We remember that he paid the price for our sins that we could not pay on our own. But we remember that Jesus Christ rose again. We have seen the Lord when we remember this. And we have seen the Lord when he communes with us. We see the Lord when we remember that Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and you must abide in me if you are to bear fruit. We see the Lord when we choose to abide in him, to make time and space to spend time with Jesus, to speak to him and to listen. We have seen the Lord in remembrance of what he has done for us. We have seen the Lord in communion where he comes alongside of us, that he sends his Holy Spirit daily upon us to renew and cleanse us. We have seen the Lord in remembering the first Easter. We have seen the Lord in communion, and we see the Lord in hope. The world is not all as it should be, and one does not have to look far to see that. But we see the Lord when we remember that death does not have the last word, that hatred does not win the victory, but that life and resurrection have the final say. And so we come in remembrance, communion, and hope that one day we will see the Lord in his glorious return, that the crooked paths will be made straight, that all things will be made new, that we will see the Lord in all of his fullness and splendor. My friends, we have seen the Lord. Invite others with that simple invitation of what you have seen and ask them, come and see.